Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. If you will, please open up your Bibles to the book of Romans, the second chapter. We are going to continue discussing the subject of faith. Some things I think we need to point out, some things I think we need to know. But fathers, we approach your word, we approach it reverently, we approach your word humbly. We thank you for the Spirit of God who is the teacher of the church, abides within us to teach us and to guide us in all truth. I know he will unveil the word, Father God, unto your people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Second chapter of the book of Romans. We'll get there sometime. We're talking about faith. We're talking about the subject of faith. We're talking about understanding faith. It was said by... Well, it was said by many. But it was said by my, my, myself. I even said it myself. I said, you know, honey. I said, we go to church. Listen to the preacher preach. He talks about all the wonderful things that faith could do. Talks about all the wonderful things that faith would do if you only had it. And leads you all the way up to the point except for telling you how to get your faith and how to use your faith. And you go off and you say, well, dear God, if I just had it, if I could just get it, then everything would be all right. We hear about this great God we have, creator of all the heavens and all the earth and all the sea and all that in them is. You know, he's mighty. He's powerful. Boy, he could do anything. We talk about all the love that he has for us, his people. He loves you so much he gave Jesus to die for you. There isn't anything he would do for you. But yet you see Christians walking with their heads down. Saying, I just can't seem to get my deliverance. I just can't seem to get my healing. I just can't seem to get free. What is it? Well, is there something wrong with this great God we have? Is there something wrong with him? Well, you got the cop out like, you know, well, maybe it wasn't his will to do it for you. Well, if it wasn't his will to do it for us, then he shouldn't have said it in the Word. Because the Bible teaches us the will of God. Isn't that right? And I don't know about you, but I know that my Bible tells me that it's God's will, since he gave me Jesus, to give me everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything. Everything you could think of that's promised in that Word is yours that pertains to life and godliness. And that includes this life. It includes divine healing. It includes deliverance from any, any habit. It includes financial prosperity. It includes everything your heart can imagine. God wants His people to prosper and be in health even as their soul prospers. That's the will of God in our lives. Faith is the key to unlocking heaven and everything that's, that's there for you. Even, even, even the name of Jesus, you've got to have faith in that name. Isn't that right? His name, Peter said, through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith that is by him hath given us perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So it's faith. Well, we discussed earlier and said that faith is a spiritual law. The law of faith, it's a spiritual law. It believes in the heart. It speaks with the mouth. So talking about and discussing faith, we noted that faith speaks. The righteousness which is of faith speaketh. Isn't that right? It speaketh on this wise. The works of the law worketh, doeth, or, you know, works of the flesh. But the righteousness, which is a faith, it speaks and it believes something in the heart. 
I was going to go on and talk more about the subject of faith and we're going to do it as we pass this up. I didn't want to pass this up. People have a hard time understanding what it means to believe in the heart. I'm not going to teach on the subject tonight. I'm just going to introduce you to the subject because it would, we'd be there for quite a while. But I just want to share with you a few things you should know about when, he talk, when the Bible talks about the heart, it means the spirit of man. Now over here in Romans, the second chapter, in verse 29. But he is a Jew which is one out inwardly, and circumcision is out of the heart. I think this is probably the best scripture you can give. And I think I said this to you once before, but I want, to, I want to repeat it again because I want you to understand some things. Don't get carried away by every wind and doctrine that you hear. There's a doctrine that may not come to your door yet. There's another doctrine going around which deviates from the heart being the spirit of man. Oh, it's deceiving. It looks like it's the same, but it's not. When the Bible talks about the heart, Basically, it's talking about the spirit of man. Now, he said here in Romans 2.29, He is a Jew which is one inwardly, and that is circumcision, is that of the heart in the what? Now, when he said heart, he meant in the spirit. It's exactly what he said. In the spirit. In the spirit of man. You know, that's why people have a hard time contacting God. They try to contact him by feeling. Oh, didn't you feel the presence of God? Well, it doesn't have anything to do with it. You're going to find out that faith is your sixth sense. It has nothing to do with what you feel. So what? I could just, and I hear a lot of people, even ministers, they'll say, well, don't you just feel the presence of God? It doesn't matter. First of all, you don't feel his presence. You sense his presence. You sense it in your spirit, and then you'll feel it. You see? Someone says, I know God heard my prayer because I got goosebumps when I prayed. Well, God, you know, this doesn't mean he answered your prayer because you felt goosebumps. You ever feel goosebumps at a football game when your team's running for a touchdown? You're telling me that's God? No, that's not God. You got happy, you got goosebumps. I mean, praise God. You can't go by that. You've got to go by what the Word says. Okay, so faith then believes in the heart, speaks with the mouth, believes in the heart. It says some things with its mouth, it speaks words from the mouth, and it believes something in the heart. And when we talk about the heart, we're talking about the spirit of man. You need to know this if you don't know it already. The spirit of man, the heart of man is the spirit of man. With the spirit, I contact the spirit world. Either write it in your Bible. If you don't know it, write it down or memorize it. Get it inside your heart. With my spirit, I contact the spirit realm with the spirit world. God is a spirit. I contact my Father God with my spirit. Conscience is the voice of the spirit. That inward voice. Conscience is the voice of the spirit. All right, the soul. Man is a tripart being. Another scripture that we could give you is 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. I think most of you know it. But we'll just go, like I said, to, you know, if you ate a steak yesterday, you've got to eat one today to remember what it tastes like. Isn't that right? Well, it's the same thing with spiritual food. You've got to eat it again. Keep right on going. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly or completely. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body. Spirit and soul and body. Be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Spirit, soul and body. With my spirit, I contact the spirit world. Conscience is the voice of my spirit. The soul. The soul of man is the mind, the sensibilities, the will of man. With my soul, I contact the mental realm or the intellectual realm. Reasoning is the voice of the soul. Or the mind. Reasoning. 
reasoning. Reasoning is the voice of the mind or the soul. Okay, feeling is the voice of the, of the flesh or the body. Body, I, with my body I contact, I think that's the easiest one. I contact what? The physical realm. With my body I contact this physical realm. Okay? Feeling is the voice of the body. Well, I just don't feel right. Well, that's why the Bible says you walk by faith and not by sight. Feeling is a part of the five physical senses. You don't know God by feeling. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what, you know, what your mind is trying to reason out. We can only know God. You need to know this. Write this down. You can only know God through your spirit. You can only know and understand God through your spirit. That's what the whole first covenant was all about. Getting to man's spirit so his spirit could be born again so man could know God again. Alright? That's what it was all about. But now that we've been born again, we know God, we have faith in God, it's our spirit that contacts God. Most Christians want to go back into living their life in the flesh. But you see, spiritual growth and development comes in the spirit, not in the flesh. It comes in the spirit, with the spirit, with the spirit of man. Now, uh, because faith in God is faith in his word and his word is spirit, we know that because Jesus said in John 6, 63, the flesh profiteth nothing but... The words I speak unto you, they are what? They are what? Okay, they are spirit. So the words I speak, they are spirit. The words are spirit words. They're spiritual. They go into your spirit. You're going to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Those words are spirit and they are life. Now, we can only know God, understand God through the spirit. Faith, then, must needs be of the spirit. Faith is, a, faith is of the spirit. It's of the human spirit. Faith is spirit. It's a spiritual law. It's of the Spirit. It's of the recreated human spirit. Something you'll like to know is this. If you're born again, you have faith. You don't need to try to get it. As a matter of fact, I think we've done an injustice by quoting Romans 10, 17 by, in saying, in a sense, in a sense, not totally, but in a sense. We have said, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But you know, Galatians says that faith came... And do you know when you made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life, faith came to you? You have faith? Faith come up by hearing. Well, it came when I heard the Word of God. And when I got saved, I got dealt the measure of faith. And we're going to make a contrast between the Gospels and between what Jesus said about faith and in the New Testament what Paul said about faith. Because way back there in the Gospels, Jesus was talking about spiritually dead people. But over here in the, in the epistles, you know, Paul is talking to born-again, spirit-filled believers. And isn't it amazing that Paul never urged anybody who was born again to have faith? Or he never urged anybody to believe. But Jesus said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. And we use that, but we use it, I think, sometimes out of its setting. How many of you here uh, tonight are believers? Did you ever hear of a believer that didn't believe? Well, he, Jesus said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. Well, are you a believer? Are you? All things are possible. Not if thou canst believe. You are a believer. All things are possible to you because you're a believer. If you had the faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could. Are you ready? The life I live now in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, not of a mustard seed. Oh, I got the faith of the Son of God residing in my spirit. That's why Jesus said, if you had the faith, they didn't have it. 
But when they got born again, Peter had the faith. Isn't that right? When they got saved, they displayed that faith. Why? It came with the new birth. Faith came by hearing, hearing by the word of God. When they accepted it, faith came into their heart. They were born again. Faith came. Oh, it's time to shout. Faith is here. Faith is in our spirits. I don't need to try to get something that I have. I have it. See, faith came to the woman with the issue of blood. Remember the story there? Go to Mark 5. Faith came to her. Caused her to say something. Mark 5. We're going to compare something here in Matthew 9. Really both two places that the story is talked about. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. She was in this way for 12 years. And she suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. But when she what? Well, what do you think she heard? What do you think she heard? Let's stop just for a minute here. She heard something. We know faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She heard something. Jesus made a habit everywhere he went to give his sermon from Isaiah when he talked about the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering a sight to the blind. Amen. Amen. To set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, he preached that sermon everywhere he went. The anointing is upon me. The Lord has sent me. The Father God sent me. I'm a prophet. You see, he, he, he said he was a prophet. Prophet was not without honor except his own country, among his own kinfolk, so on and so forth. He was a prophet and he said, I am anointed of God. Well, the people at Nazareth didn't believe it. You know that. But somebody did. And it might have been one of her relatives. I don't know who it was. But somebody found out that this Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with healing power. And she heard that. She had to hear that. Because her remarks were this. If I may but touch the hem of his garment then, well, you know, I'll be healed. And somebody said, oh, if I could just believe that. No, she didn't say if I could just believe that. She said, is he anointed? Yeah. Well, that means all I got to do is touch him and I'll be healed. You know, Spirit of God, show me something. You got to get them before they get their minds brainwashed. It's so easy to get a baby Christian saved. When you get them saved, to get them filled with the Spirit and healed in their bodies like that. Don't let them leave the altar. Don't let them leave the altar. Don't let them go back and get one word from somebody else. I was going to wait to do this, but I'm going to do it now because I'm led to do so. I've told this, the, the, this testimony before, but it's just so important. I've never seen it. First of all, in my own ministry, I've never seen it since. It hasn't happened since I expected to, but I've never seen it that way since. But uh, when we had talked with this here woman who had hurt her leg and she couldn't move, she couldn't walk on that leg, she couldn't put any pressure on it, she tore all the tissues, tore all the ligaments in her leg. And... Uh, she answered the door and she was weeping and crying and so she sat down on the couch over there. We helped her get back to the chair and she was just weeping and sobbing and crying. The pain was so great, excruciating pain. She just couldn't stand it. And I just remember that my father and I were both there and we just talked, talked to her and, and, you know, and I just said that 
Jesus Christ died for your sins, was raised from the dead for your justification, and also He died for your healing. And if you'll make Him the Lord and the Savior of your life, you'll also be healed in your body. She says, okay, I'll pray. Let's pray. And she made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of her life, and I didn't have a chance to even pray for her healing. Didn't even have a chance. She accepted the word that was said in her heart and figured now that He's the Lord and Savior of my life, she just got up and walked and was perfectly healed. And I thought about that and I said, Lord, sometimes I think we get the notion we've got to go out and try to preach them faith and show them how faith works. You know, sometimes you can get them babies healed just like that without saying anything about faith. Just tell them that if you'll be saved and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He's also your healer and you'll be healed also. That was it. That's all the words she had to act on. Faith came when she heard those words. I mean, like a baby. You could tell that to some people, they'll just sit there like a bump on the log. And not move. They're waiting to get healed before they walk, right? They're waiting until they feel that they're healing their body before they walk. This woman didn't do that. I mean, I just looked up at her. My, my father my dad was sitting on this side of the room. just looked up at her. She started walking around, stomping her foot on the ground. I said, glory to God. You know what it was like? Walking over here and sticking that plug into that outlet and turning on the radio. When it was in operation, it works. The word went to her heart, went to her spirit. She believed it. She acted upon her faith. Just like this woman here. She got up and walked. You see, that sounds so simple. It is. I think that's the hard part sometimes. It's so simple. As I said, though, you get people to go off and start to, start to tell them, well, you know, brother, only if God wants to heal you and you don't know whether He wants to heal you or not. And by the time they get sometimes out of the church, you know, they're so brainwashed that faith can't even get to their heart anymore. That's right. And then they, they go to this church and that church, they listen to preachers, and they listen to people saying how, you know, God made them sick or God did this to them or God did that to them or God allowed them to have an accident and so on and so forth. And... Uh, how they could say that, I don't know. Some people believe that. I, I, I can't believe that. But they get ruined, and sometimes they get ruined for life. They may never rise up in the, in the area of faith to get their deliverance or to get their healing because somebody told them God allowed that and not be the one for them to heal. And they can never bounce back to get in faith. But if you can get them when they're fresh, when you can get them when they're young, when you get them when they don't know anything, you can get them saved, healed, delivered, and set free all in one shot. Then it's too late. Because when they try to tell them the tongue's not for today, too late, I'm already speaking in it. Then when they try to tell you the healing's not for, it's too late, I've already been healed. Well, God doesn't do all that? Yo, it's too late, He's already done it. That's true. Don't try to preach somebody faith that's not saved. Just go out there and tell them that Jesus died for their sins and died for their sicknesses and died to set them free and say, be free in Jesus' name. That's how to minister to the lost right there, just like that. Get him saved, healed, filled with the Spirit, all in one shot, just like that. That's it. I'm convinced of it. That's just the way to do it. That's the way they did it in the, in the you know, in the Acts. So this young woman, she heard of Jesus. She came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I, will, I shall be whole. That's what she said. Faith says something, doesn't it? It says something. Okay. She said, if he's got healing power... All I've got to do, 12 years in this bondage. 12 years suffered all these things of many physicians. But she heard he had healing power. So she says, I'll just touch his garment and I'll be whole. 
Go to Matthew, the ninth chapter. Hold your place in there. We'll get back to it. I like the way this is worded. There's a confession of your lips and a confession of your heart. We talked about that. Verse 21, ninth chapter, verse 21. Well, let's start with verse 20. That's where it starts. And behold, a woman which, had, which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. Now, now note this. For she said within herself. What did she do? She said within herself. What's within herself? See, we talk about that spirit. We talk about the inward man. There is an inward man. There is an outward man. The inward man's born again. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The inward man, the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is renewed day by day. The inward man said, she said within herself, if I'm ever touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Jesus went on to say, daughter, you're what? You're what? Your what made you whole? Whose faith? Whose faith? Whose speaking, believing, and acting made her whole? Her speaking, her believing in her heart, and acting. You're going to see the next step is acting. She acted upon her faith. And I just saw that woman. She did the same thing. She just acted on her faith. Simple faith acts on what's said in God's Word. It takes God's Word to heart. Speaks God's word, God's word and acts upon God's Word from the heart. From the heart. I think that's where the Christian, as he grows older in years in the Lord, loses out with God. I've heard, I've heard ministers say this. When I first was in the ministry, I saw people delivered under my ministry. I saw them healed. I saw them set free. I went around, oh, just miracles happened. But now, after all these years have gone by, I don't know what's happened. They did not develop the spirit man. And most Christians today are guilty of the same thing. They did not develop the spirit man. So consequently, the same word that would have developed them spiritually, the same word that would have given them the the light of God's word in every area that made them a spiritual Christian. Paul talks about the spiritual man, the carnal man, the natural man, the babe in Christ. The same word that would have produced this great kind of faith in her heart, that same word was used to cause unbelief and hardening of the heart. I've heard many say, as a matter of fact, when I first got saved, I was just, I remember in a Bible study, I didn't know much about the word, I didn't know much about hardly anything. I just got saved. I knew that for sure. But I heard this fellow say, because I, I, I just happened to believe. I was on fire for God. I believe God would do anything. I, blo- I believe He would do anything. I believe He'd heal anybody. I believe it. I believe it all. And this fellow said, you know, one day I was where you're at right now. It was years ago, he said. He said, I wish I could get back there. He said, but I can't. I wish I could believe like you believe. I used to do the very things you're doing. I wish I could get back. The man was sincere with God. He loved him. But his spirit man became seer. He didn't have faith in his faith anymore. He didn't have faith when he laid hands upon the sick that they'd be healed. You see what I'm talking about? The same word that will develop your spirit man. 
is the same word that will cause that spirit man to be hardened. Now listen, Romans the ninth chapter, people talk about Paul, uh, when Paul was stating this, and you don't have to turn to it, I'm just going to give you something to chew on. When, and they even made, made songs about this. I am the potter, you are the clay. I'll mold you and make it. it, it you know, that's a bunch of hogwash. The way people, tr you know, translate that. Interpret that, rather. Well, God made me the way I am. That's just the way I'm going to be. If I don't have any faith, if I can't believe anything, that's just the way I am. That's not what it's saying at all. Actually, what he's referring to is that the word, he's talking about Israel and the Gentiles in the ninth chapter of, Man, of, of Romans. And he's talking about the fact that the word was delivered to Israel, but because they did not take the word and believe the word, man was made in such a way by God that the word would either do two, one of two things. I like to put it this way. The sun will either harden that or soften it. The same clay. Depending on, on what's in it. It will either, either harden it or it will soften it. The word, the sun, Jesus the Son of God, the Word, will either harden your heart or it'll cause your heart to be full of faith. And there's no in-between. That's the way God made the spirit of man. And who are we to question the way God made us? That's what he's actually saying there. The same Word that will give you faith is the same Word that will cause unbelief. If you reject it, your heart will be hardened. Just like Pharaoh's heart was hardened because he would not believe the Word that was given. Now, go back to Mark there. Mark, in the same, I'm not going to finish this, I'm not going to teach on this, uh, that's not my subject, the rest of this right now, but I want to show you what happened when these people found out that she touched the hem of his garment and got healed. It produced faith. Look at the sixth chapter. You're in Mark, go to the sixth chapter and look at the 56th verse. Boy, when somebody finds out something, they just go off and tell everybody. Isn't that right? Look, look what happened here. This here woman took it to heart that he was anointed with healing power. And so she believed this in her heart. She said it within herself. She acted upon her faith. She wouldn't touch him of his garment. Sixth chapter, verse 56. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garment... And as many as touched him were made whole. I wonder where they got that idea. That woman, she probably, oh man, she probably lifted up her skirt. She started just, you know, running as fast as she can. Glory to God, hallelujah. I touched the border of his garment, I'm healed and whole. And it produced faith throughout all the regions around about. What'd they do? Relatives went and got their lame and got all those that were lepers and so on and so forth and just got them into the streets as fast as they could and said, just touch his garment. Oh, produced faith, didn't it? But you know what? You got faith. Say that with me. I have faith. I have, faith. I have the God kind of faith. I have God's, faith is in me. God's faith is in me. Do you think that faith is as pure as a grain of mustard seed? Do you think it is? Well, he said, if you had the faith of, of a grain of, as a grain of mustard seed... I got the faith of the Son of God in me. That faith is a gift of God. Look at Romans, the 12th chapter. Twelfth chapter of the book of Romans. 
Verse 3, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Every man the measure of faith. Every man has been dealt the measure of faith. You have the measure of faith if you've been born again. He's talking about born again believers. Now think about that. I have, you have the measure of the God kind of faith in you, in me. What will that faith do? What can that faith do? Jesus talked about what it could do. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Isn't that what he said? Didn't he say to the Roman centurion, I have not found so great faith known not in Israel? He didn't see that kind of great faith. He'd expect him to have that kind of great faith. That was great faith, beloved. But listen, you and I have got God's faith. I want to express that. We have got God's faith. I have God's faith. I've got God's faith. It's in me. The God kind of faith. It speaks. It believes. It acts. This woman acted on her faith. She did what she said she was going to do. Didn't she? What were the results? She got her healing. Jesus said, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Amen. Okay. James said then, Faith without works or corresponding actions is what? Okay. Faith believes. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. It believes in its heart. And then faith acts. It acts. Write that down. It be, it, we got speaks and believes. We've already got that. But faith acts. It acts. It acts. Faith is an act. Faith then, without corresponding actions, is dead being alone. Faith will not work when there are no actions to correspond to it. So just because she said it, and just because she believed it, didn't mean it was going to happen until she acted upon what she said acted upon what she believed. She believed that she touched his garment, she'd be healed. And what did she get? She got healed when she touched his garment. So faith speaks, faith believes, and faith acts. Now, in uh, the fourth chapter, let's go to Proverbs, the fourth chapter. And I want you to see some guidelines. I've read this over and over and over and over and over and over again. But I want you to see something here that you may have not seen before. I think this is an answer to the question. Some people have, some Christians who've been walking by faith have got questions in their mind like, uh, I know that I'm healed. I know I received my healing. I know that Jesus died for my healing. I know I am. Why do symptoms keep, come on my, keep coming on my body? How come, uh, you know, I get attacked every once in a while and this happens and so on and so forth? Here's the answer. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, verses 20 through 22. There are guidelines to follow. There are rules set down in God's Word so that that Word could work. Now, remember, faith speaks. What does it speak? What does it speak? The Word. But what say That the Word is neither even in thy mouth and thy heart. Faith believes in its heart. What? The Word. Faith speaks the word. Faith believes the word in the heart. And of course, faith acts upon the word. Okay, here's your guidelines to the word. My son, attend to 
my, okay, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from before thine, keep them in the midst of thine, for they are and health or healing unto all. Unto what? Okay, now listen. Some, I know some used to think, well, see, this is just saying that God will heal you. That's not what it's saying here. This is God's formula for producing life and producing healing or medicine unto all your flesh. This is not talking about you getting healed. This is talking about God's formula, God's Word working in you through these guidelines that He set down for us to produce continually life and to produce continually healing or health or medicine unto all your flesh. Did you ever notice that when you let the Word level go down, your resistance went down and you got them symptoms or them attacks on your body. But then as soon as you pumped yourself back up, I got into the Word, some said. I got into the Word and studied the Word and read the Word and read the Word and read the Word and finally I got better. You know why? If you'd have stayed reading the Word and following these four steps, attending my words, incline your ear to my sayings, keep them in the, let them not depart from the thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. Then they would be life producing the God, God's life in you and health or healing or medicine unto all your flesh. Well, is that true? Will it work like that? Yes, it will. It's not just designed just to get you healed. God's Word will heal you, but it's not designed just to get you healed. God's Word is designed to keep you healthy. God's Word is designed to keep you flowing in life. Some, some will say, you know, I haven't been going over the love chapter. I haven't been reading about love. I haven't been, you know, studying faith. And I haven't been studying this or that. And all of a sudden, I'm getting upset easy. I'm getting angry easy. And this is happening. And this is happening. And I'm not walking by faith. And I'm, you know, speaking these things that I shouldn't be speaking. Why? Why? Well, if you attend to His Word and incline your ear to His sayings, and don't let the Word depart from before your eyes, you will keep them in the midst of your heart. Or protect them in the middle of your heart. They will automatically produce. Write that down. That's God's formula. Not just for healing. Not just to get saved. That's God's formula to produce life and to produce a continual flow of healing or medicine or health in your body. That's God's formula right there for that. Not just to get it one time. You know, that's why it, when a person gets healed or delivered from something, let's say at the altar when they get saved or something like that. They get healed one time. That's why it's hard for them to ever get it again. They don't get it like that again. Because they're required to let the Word now work in them. Study the Word. Get in the Word. Meditate the Word. Build the Word into their innermost being. Speak the Word, etc., etc., etc. And let the Word produce this healing. Now, if you do that, you'll stay healthy. I remember uh, hearing... Brother Hagen say one time, he said, uh, I know I had a body for the last six or seven years. If he didn't know he had one, he probably wouldn't know if he got sick either, would he? Amen. See, everybody wants that. I want that. But, 
You can't walk in that room, brothers and sisters, without staying in the Word and staying in the Spirit. Isn't that right? What we're wanting is going to take labor. He said labor to enter into that rest. If you labor... To, matter of fact, look at the next two verses. He tells you... This is tying in exactly what we're talking about, faith. If you'll do what he's saying here and then, then protect your heart. Matter of fact, number... Let me see, verse 23. Keep thy heart. Or that word keep means literally protect. Protect your heart with all diligence... Now, may I say this? Why would you be called upon to protect your heart diligently if there was no danger that your heart could be affected in any way since you've been born again? Protect your heart with all diligence because out of your heart flow the issues or the forces of life. And he tells you in the next verse how to protect your heart. He tells you right on through the rest of the chapter. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He says, put perverse lips far from you. Start honoring me with your lips and protect your heart. Because out of your heart for the issues of life. James said about the man who, who did not bridle his tongue, he deceived his own heart. His religion was in vain. Isn't that what he said? But the man that speaks the word of God will protect his heart diligently so the forces or the issues of life can flow readily from his spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness, temperance, faith, they're all readily flowing. Why? Because you are feeding. You are protecting your heart. See, faith is of the heart. And if faith is of the heart, then there are going to be spiritual forces that can come against your heart to destroy your faith. Matter of fact, we call them spiritual diseases. There are spiritual diseases. Fear. You know what the worst is? One of the worst? Worry and anxiety. Worry and anxiety. And you're going to see that that's a no-no when it comes to believing God in faith. Worry and anxiety. These are things that we need to understand. These are things we need to know about faith that are detrimental to our faith. They hinder our faith. Go back to the book of Romans. Let's see something here. Tenth chapter. Let's see if, if what uh, the psalmist was saying is true. Romans, the tenth chapter, and verse eight. Okay, he said, If you'll attend to my words, if you'll climb your ear to my sayings, keep them in the midst of your heart. Or let not depart from that eyes. Keep them in the middle of your heart. Then those words will be life unto those that find them. And those words also will be health or healing and medicine unto all their flesh. Well, let's see something here. Paul said, this, these passages of scriptures, verses 8 through 10, we'll read right on through 17. He's relating to us how we can receive salvation, which is the righteousness of faith, salvation. But what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And he goes on down to verse 17, that says, so then faith cometh by hearing. And he's talking about sending a preacher, the preacher preaching the word. Faith came when he preached the word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But when you heard the word of God and believed the word of God, faith came. Into your spirit. Well, let's see if that's true. Go back to the book of Acts. Let's see if it's true. Acts the 11th chapter. 
He says, if you'll preach the word and somebody will hear the word and receive that word and act upon that word, that person will be saved. That's what he said. That's what he's saying here. Acts the 11th chapter. Well, let's start at the 10th chapter, first one first, then we'll turn on to chapter 11. I want you to see the nature of this man before we talk about his salvation. Here's this fellow. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to, to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, and he looked on him. He was afraid and so on and so forth. Okay, here's a wonderful man. Seems like a wonderful man. Prays all the time, gives alms to all the people, etc., etc., etc. He had a vision. I mean, you know, some saints would like to have a vision. See an angel come down. Isn't that right? Here's, here's somebody. He's a sinner. He's not even a believer. He's not even saved. Go over to the 11th chapter. After Peter came down, you know the story. We'll go back to it in a minute. I want you to see something first. Look, look at verse 12. He is rehearsing this in front of the Jews. Because they got mad at Peter because he went into the house of a Gentile and he talked with them. So-called born-again Christians. The Judea, the Jews. They, they were upset with Peter because Peter walked into the house of a Gentile. Can you see how legalism was getting back into the church? Legalism was getting back into the church. But look at verse 12. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee the words. He's rehearsing this. He's telling this before them. Now, see, Cornelius didn't tell him all this, at least in Scripture, but evidently he told this to Peter when they were talking at the house. The angel said, this Peter will tell you words whereby you and your house will be saved. Will tell you what? Words. Now, go to the 10th chapter, and let's, let's start with verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth. Now, he's talking these words. I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Circle this. The Word. Verse 36. The Word, which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That Word. Verse 37. That Word, I say. The Word. That Word. That Word, I say. You know, which was published throughout all Judea, didn't you remember? And began from the Gentiles after that, I'm sorry, began from Galilee after that baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost, and power went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. God raised up him up the third day. And showed him openly not to all the people, but in the witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people. Preach unto the people. Preach these words unto the people. And to testify that it was he which ordained 
of God to judge the quick and the dead, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. Okay, now he's not done yet. Peter's not done yet. He's still preaching to him. But while he, Peter, yet spake, what? What did he speak? What did he speak? These words. While he said these words, the Spirit of God fell on them that heard the word. On those that heard that word. That woman with the issue of blood, beloved, she heard the word. I said she heard the word. These people right here, they heard the word. Faith in God is faith in the word. And they said the word, that word. And when he got to the point, now Peter, or Paul said over there in Romans, he said, if you've got to be saved, if you want to be saved, you've got to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. Right? Peter got to the place where he said, and God raised him up from the dead And through him you receive the remission of sins. And that was all that was necessary to be said. The Spirit of God stopped them right there. Boom. And came on them and just saved them and filled them all with the Holy Ghost. Now go to the 14th chapter of the book of Acts. Evidently it produces life, doesn't it? It produces life. In the 7th verse. 7th verse. And there they preached the gospel. That's talking about Barnabas and Saul. They preached the gospel. And there said a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never walked. The same circle that word. That person heard Paul speak. What did Paul speak? Words. What words? Words. Not of today's gospel preaching. In most cases. He heard the word that Jesus died for your sin. He heard the word that Jesus died for your sickness. Okay. Paul perceived in the spirit that this man had faith to be healed. And he said to him stand, with a loud voice, verse 10, Stand upright on thy feet. You know, I, I studied that. He didn't walk over to that fellow and said, Now, brother... Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus. If you believe, you see. What, says, what things have you designed? You pray, believe, you see, you shall have them. You know. He didn't say that. What did he say? He preached one simple truth. One fact. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus died for your sicknesses. There might have been ten impotent folk there. I don't know, but I'll tell you this. One heard. Did you hear me? I said one heard. One heard... That Jesus died for his sickness, disease. And Paul perceived that he heard and said, stand up right on thy feet, period. He wanted to get him real quick while his wife was in faith. That's why. Boy, he jumped up and leaped up in a hurry. It produces life and health unto all their flesh. Now I know why it's easy to get Those that are either non-saved or just saved, it's easy to get them delivered. It's easy to get them filled with the Spirit. It's easy to get them set free, healed in their bodies because they have but that little faith to act on that you gave them right there and they acted on all the faith they heard. 
He acted on that when Paul said, stand up right on that feet. He never did it in all these years, but he did it then. You know why? He didn't give him a chance to start to reason out in his mind. It bypassed this head. It went to his heart. And at that moment, he spoke it out. Stand up right on that feet. You get somebody who's been in church for years, beloved. And it seems like instead of getting closer to their healing, they get further from it. Because that's how faith works. Some have to school themselves into faith. That's the truth. They have to school themselves into faith. They've got to go back and study. Dig into it. Go over and over. There may be some cases that a person never got their healing. They may have to go back. And get rid of all the garbage that was placed inside their heart. Go over the Word of God and meditate hour upon hour upon hour upon hour upon hour upon hour upon hour to get their spirit back to a place where they could receive the healing in their body. See? But a person is so sensitive when he first gets saved. It's just that simple to get him delivered. It's just that simple to get him set free. It's that simple to get him healed. I think if we told more more people the truth of the gospel when they first come to our church services, you'd see more miracles. Because once you get healed, say once you get healed, beloved, faith says, now you are healed. It's up to the believer from that point on to stay healed. To start applying Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 Putting God's Word first place in your life and letting that healing power flow through your body. Letting medicine, the Word be medicine unto all your flesh, flowing. Letting the Zoe life of God flow through the Word of God. Just let that Word, just just saturate yourself, just soak yourself in that Word. Soak yourself in that Word. Take that Word. Faith in God's Word is this simple. I want to show you how simple it is. Everybody... Here, that's born again, has the God kind of faith. You've got the faith of God. If you're born again, you've got the faith of God. This is how simple faith is. The woman with the issue of blood just said, if he's anointed, then all I've got to do is touch his garment. All right, the Word says, by his stripes you are healed. The confession of your heart, the confession of your mouth. If his Word says, by his stripes I am healed, I don't question it. By his stripes I am healed. Even when the voice, which is feeling, of your body says to you, it hurts, you sit back in your easy chair and say, by his stripes, I am healed. Even when your mind begins to reason out and says, I don't understand it. Well, since I said that, let's say this. Hope is in the future. It's not faith. You never get healed by hope. Mental ascending to God's word. There's a lot of people that just have a mental agreement to the word of God. They'll, they'll quote the word of God from their head. And they'll say that the Word of God says they're healed, so I must be healed. They'll say it from their head. When they say it from their head, they end up saying this. I know the Word says I'm healed. I've got the Scriptures for it. I, I can quote you all the Scriptures, but I just can't seem to get it. That's mental, mental, mentally agreeing to the Word of God. You write that down. You know that. Make sure you know that in your heart. If you find yourself saying this. I agree to the fact that the Word of God says I'm healed. I agree to the fact that by stripes I am healed. But I just can't seem to get my healing. You write that down. That's mental sin. Mental agreement to the Word of God. That's not heart faith. You don't have it in your heart. 
And our next step is we're going to get into two, the two kinds of faith. There's revelation faith and there is sense knowledge faith. As a matter of fact, you may, you may be surprised to know that, the, that the, the apostles that walk with Jesus, their faith in Jesus was sense knowledge faith. Their faith was not revelation knowledge faith. You know, revelation faith had to come because it had to replace sense knowledge faith. Jesus couldn't be on this earth. For, he wasn't going to be on this earth forever. He was only on this earth for how many days? Forty? You read their epistles. John said, that which I have seen, that which I have heard, that's what I felt. Okay, isn't that all feeling? Isn't that all in the senses? Uh, you go back and uh, see when, when Jesus appeared to them. And uh, Thomas was not with them. Thomas, what did he say? Except I see him, except I feel, except I stick my hand, I will not believe. That's sense, knowledge, faith. You go to the second chapter of the book of Acts, what do you read? They heard a sound from heaven, heard, as of a rushing mighty wind. They saw cloven tongues like as a fire coming upon each of them. They heard them speak with other tongues. They said, oh, it's the Holy Spirit. All sense knowledge. Jesus gave the disciples his name when, when he was here, you know, in his earth walk, in that earth ministry, his earthly ministry. And over there in the third chapter of the book of Acts, we find Peter using that name to, to uh, deliver that man who had never walked at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. Isn't that right? The faith that he had in that name was sense, knowledge, faith. It was not revelation, knowledge, faith. He saw what that name did when Jesus walked on the earth. He knew the name took the place of the ascended Christ, but he saw what that name did everywhere he went. He saw the 70 when they came back and said, Look! Sense, knowledge, faith. I have never seen Jesus with my physical eye. I have never touched Him. Have you? Anybody here ever touched Him? Anybody here ever seen Him? No. The faith you have in Him is faith in His Word. His Word said it, so it must be so. Simple faith in God is this. You start practicing this. I don't have to have faith. I have it. I am not looking for faith. I've got it. Faith came when I received Jesus Christ. Now here's faith. Did God say by his stripes I'm healed? I am. I am healed. Did the word say I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Then say it. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I am. Someone says, oh, I just wish the Lord would give me the strength to get by. He didn't say that. Does not the scripture declare that he has become the strength of our life? Of whom shall we be afraid? Is not Jehovah our light and our salvation? Of whom shall we fear? He is the strength of our life. Of whom shall we be afraid? He is the light. He is our light. That's now, beloved. We're in the light now. He has become my light. He has become my salvation. He is the strength of my life. Faith in God's word is this. I'm not looking for strength. God is the strength of my life. He is the strength of my life. We need to practice this. We need to start saying this. See, you get a tape recorder. We'll close here in a minute. You get your tape recorder. You walk around. If, you, if you're walking around the house doing your, whatever you're talking, whatever you're doing, you listen to yourself talk. You tape yourself. I'm just so tired. I don't feel like doing anything. Oh, when are we ever going to get these bills paid? Never, I guess. 
Just can't seem to make it to the end of the month. Yeah. I know. What are we going to do? Just can't seem to get the kids healed. Well, and I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm not saying to be sarcastic. I'm saying it for this reason. We've got a great God. We've got a God that's so great. We've got a God that's got everything you could imagine. His storehouses are filled with everything you need. You know what the sad thing is about it? He's giving it away. He has given it away. It's free. It's for you. It's for me. Anything you need from God, it's there. And you've been in the faith for 40 years and some little old woman just stood up and just said, I'll just take it. And you got jealous. And she said, ha ha. That's right. You know, that's almost a shame. I told this five years ago to the Lord. I said, Lord, I will never allow myself to come to the place in my Christian walk that I'm at a standstill. I am going to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and never be satisfied until I start doing everything you said I can do in that word. Yeah. And it's that commitment that's going to keep you going. You make a commitment that I will do what he said I can do and I can do what he said I can do. That's faith in God's word. Faith in God's Word is taking His Word for what it says. Taking it and putting your life and saying, I am what He says I am. I can do what He said I can do. Faith is of the heart. It's of the Spirit. Now we need to study it. We need to develop in it. We need to understand spiritual forces that come against faith. Selfishness is against it. It works by love. I wanted to get into that night, but we're not going to make it. Faith worketh by love. I want to get into faith. Spiritual force behind behind your faith is love. Everything you do but faith should be done by love. Energizing force of faith is love. He loved you so much, He used His faith to save you. We could close right here. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.